Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. I am Troy Shockley, and this is the Coffee Break Podcast. Thanks for joining our chat today. Coffee Break brought to you by Cochrane Insurance. I hope you've been hanging out and listening to some of our uh, Halloween investigation. Um, this our annual Halloween show, not on Halloween this year, of course, but as close as we could get. And no better guest that I could think of than uh, Ellen Baumler. Ellen, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me this morning. Happy yeah. Halloween. Yeah. I mean, I, for those that maybe don't know you, Ellen, I don't know how that's possible, but can you introduce yourself a little? Well, I spent uh, 26 years as the interpretive historian at the Montana Historical Society. Retired in 2018. Um, I'm a writer. You know, I, I have 13 books. Five of them have to do with Montana hauntings. And um, it's just throughout my career sort of made a, made a hobby, I guess, of, of collecting stories. And my thing is that, you know, I like to take something that happened to someone in the present and try to trace it back to a real event or a real mm-hmm. place in, in history. So Yeah. And, and you spent, as you said, a, a long time at the Historical Society. What, what are you up to now? You don't have that feeling <laughs> up your day anymore. No, I don't. I have a lovely office at Reader's Alley mm-hmm. and um, try to spend at least a part of every day there writing. I have a book coming out in April with the University of Nebraska on the history of cemeteries, death and cemeteries in Montana. Oh, wow. And it's not ghostly, but it is um, a little bit macabre, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So, yeah, it's called The Life of the Afterlife. And um, and it's really, it really has a lot of really interesting things in it. It was very fun to research. So how do you uh, come upon these ideas? I mean, <laughs> you've got book number 14 coming out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I... Uh, People tell me things, and you know, the job I did at the Historical Society was all those silver plaques for National Register places. So I did 1,600 of those probably across Montana in every corner you can imagine. And um, just, you know, I know a lot of trivia (laughs) about Montana. (laughs) And a lot of the things that I researched, you know, aren't things I could put on a sign. And so I just... I don't know. It just sort of um, stories follow me and people tell me things, you know, and, and I take that a little bit further and do the research. And, and then kind of that's how it happens, I guess. Yeah. Ellen Baumler is our guest on Coffee Break today. And as you said, you uh, you're, is it book number 14 that's getting ready to come out? I think out, it's or actually book number 13, okay. which is kind of cool that it's about yeah. cemeteries. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, almost half of those um, hauntings. And I guess yeah. if we add this one in graveyard i mean we can yeah. we can put that as you I might mean, put so it half in that of them is, uh, you know a haunting type stuff <laughs> yeah, in montana yeah how did how did that come about well uh, you know actually it's kind of interesting first of all my house is interesting and i've told that story many 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 times um but in my professional career as i was i was hired in 92 and um about 1995 or 96 a couple of things happened i um I had a call one day from a guy in Virginia City who had this little house and he wanted me to do a sign for it and no one had ever really researched the history of it and he told me that there was this um, story that went around about this little house. You know, you would never really even notice it on the street Mm -hmm. and he said, you know, the person who lived in this house for 30 years um, went around telling everybody about this bloody apparition that she would see in her bathtub. And uh, he said, you know, before I rent this house out, I'd really like to know if there's any truth to this story. 
And so I, you know, did intensive research and found all the people that had lived in it and finally didn't, you know, nothing really matched that story. And finally, I got to uh, the 19, 19 teens and I was looking at this couple that lived there. The guy um, died of the Spanish influenza in 1919. His wife was very uh, despondent. They'd had a great marriage and stuff. And so I, I finally said, you know, okay, I'm going to look at this one more person, and then I'm going to quit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to to see what happened to her. I went to the cemetery records. I got her date of death and went to the newspapers, and there was this article, very graphic article that said sort of in part, you know, on uh, Wednesday last, Amanda McKean went to Butte for the purposes of buying a revolver. And for uh, being despondent over the death of her husband, she went into her house in Virginia Virginia City, entered the bathroom, and dislodged a bullet in her brain. Wow. So if that doesn't explain the bloody apparition in the bathtub, I don't know what does. And that bathtub is still in the house. And uh, so the current owners uh, claim that, you know, they didn't know anything about that history, uh, but, but they claim that their kids would really never wanted to go in the bathroom yeah. and their friends would come over and they would avoid using the bathroom just because there were weird vibes there. Wow. Yeah. So that really was the first story that I, I started telling and I, and I wrote down. And after that, I began to look at things that happened in the present like that and, you know, look for threads in the past that I could link those events to in the present. And, you know, it's pretty surprising how... Oftentimes you can do that. So, you know, paranormal investigations are great, but orbs and EVPs and all that kind of stuff doesn't really explain why those things are happening. To me, if you look at the history of a place, that's really what explains it, and that's mm-hmm. what makes it believable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ellen Baumler is our guest on Coffee Break this morning, Montana historian and author, and as I've said in our promo, expert on all things bump in the night in <laughs> uh, in Montana. Um, what, Ellen, are some of the the biggies in the state? I mean, when because after you get that story, then you yeah. go, okay, well, I want to look into this. Yeah. Well, there's there's some that are like the easy pickings, right? Like, right. What, what are some of those? Um, well, of course, uh, the uh, the places that everybody knows about are um, places like the prison uh, and the Dumas brothel. The Dumas, I don't like to call it brothel. It's actually the Dumas Hotel mm-hmm. in Butte. And, you know, those two places, places in Virginia City where there have been stories going around about the different buildings for years and years and years that nobody ever bothered to you know, try to link to what happened in the past. And, you know, I, I do find it really interesting because in places like that, you know, it's, um, it, it's really uncanny how what you think is going to be the haunting, like people that were hanged and that kind of thing, that's really not usually what it is. It's usually something mundane that, you know, time is forgotten, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but Virginia City is a very haunted place. Helena is a very haunted place, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are there are there any that sort of maybe when we talk about Helena, are, mm-hmm. are there any sort of uh, stories that maybe surprised you? Like you said, it, it's it's the things that you don't expect. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And it's the thing that I really love about telling these stories is is that it allows me to take places that people would never write about, you know, and and really investigate those places and set the historical scene. And I really love doing that. Uh, you know, I remember that one of the 
really most astounding ones to me, stories to me, is of this little house in Helena over on 10th Avenue. Um, no one would ever give it a second glance, but, you know, I was writing at the time, I was writing two books at the same time, <laughs> and it was writing, um, I think it was Beyond Spirit Tailings, and I was also writing, I was also collecting the memoirs of Mary Ronan, and Mary Ronan um, talks about her time in Helena as a child in the 1860s and 70s. And, you know, she talks about uh, the Catholic priests and that who really helped her. And one of them was Father Van Gorp. Well, um, I was, I, I knew a guard at the Montana Historical Society, and he was telling me that he had lived in this house that had weird things happening and asked me if I would look into the history of it. And so I'm looking at, at the census, and uh, this little house apparently was home to French-speaking people. They were immigrants. And it turns out that um, the, the guard told me that his, his boys just would not go in the bathroom, that there was something about the bathroom that just scared them. And they kept saying that they kept seeing this man, and he looked like the man on the quarter, they would say, uh, George Washington. Mm -hmm. And um, the kids were very hard to potty train because they don't want to right. run in the bathroom. And they'd say, you know, this man is all in black, and you know he has these, this, this robe that kind of swirls around him and blah, blah, blah. So um, as I'm researching Mary Ronan, I'm also researching that house. And I just remember I looked at the census records, and I, I found this link where Father Van Gorp had been uh, frequent a frequent visitor in that neighborhood because he helped people uh, who were foreign speaking, you know, with their businesses and that. And uh, I looked at a picture of Father Van Gorp and darned if it doesn't look like the man on the quarter. I mean, he wow. really, and people re remarked about how he looked like George Washington. So, yeah, that was a really interesting story. I love that story and it, and it's absolutely true. And it certainly links something in the present with something to the past. Yeah, it's super interesting that, that uh, as you mentioned, you can go and like I did, you know, go and, and, and record things and yeah. uh, see, hear, experience things. Yeah. But you're sort of going that next step and saying, okay, well, these are the things that people heard, saw, right. whatever. And why is that? Why Why is it there? Let's link it to something. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's it's that next step, I guess, of, of, of validation, right? It's, it's the why that really makes it believable, I think, you know. Um, we're talking with Ellen Balmer on uh, Coffee Break this morning. Uh, she uh, she can't help herself from writing books. Um, she's she's working on filling a library. We, we have to take a break at some point this morning. So I think now is probably a good spot to do that. And then we're going to come back and chat with her more uh, and talk a little bit about the old Montana State Prison. That's coming up on Coffee Break. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Great opportunity. 
Welcome back in. This is Coffee Break, and I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for hanging out with us on our annual Halloween show. Hopefully you've been listening to uh, our, uh, our our radio program this morning during Montana's Morning News and heard the three-part investigation of the old Montana State Prison. And uh, I wanted to talk about that a little bit with uh, with Ellen Baumler. And actually, uh, just to point out here, if you guys did miss any of that, uh, you can watch a video version. Uh, I had so much sort of... Uh, visual evidence this year instead of uh, audio that I just said, you know what, we're going to put a video together. And so that is going to be up on KCAP.com actually here in just about 15 minutes is a link to that. And so you can go and and watch that. And Ellen, I, I think you watched that. I did. Did, watch did you it. watch yes, that? Yes, I did. How, how did I do? Yeah, I've never, I think you did great. I've never was, put together a uh, it was paranormal really, investigation show. It was very, show. very well put together. <laughs> I think people will really enjoy seeing that, you know. And, and you did, you know, capture some very, very interesting things, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an interesting experience, and and one of the th- things that I got to go and do, and and, and I I don't know if uh, you were able to, is go and uh, spend some time in the old library, which it sounds like was l- sort of closed off until just yeah. in the last month. I've never been in that library. I mean, and I've been all over that prison um, many, many, many times. Very early on, before they started doing these investigations Mm -hmm. you know i did do a book on the history of the prison called dark spaces that's probably one of my favorite books actually it's not a ghostly book but um but it has wonderful photography and uh, the photographer and i you know went all over the place but we missed the library (laughs) i guess (laughs) well it sounds like it had been locked down and it was just a closed off room so it makes and it's not i mean in terms of spaces it's it's kind of an empty room, and there's but some you know, side it, rooms. It's, it's those it's those spaces where a lot of people haven't recently been that you know could be most interesting. Yeah, or have and, the most uh, emotion in them. Yeah, and that's what the lady had said. That, you know, mm-hmm. hey, this has only been open for about three weeks. Yeah, you know, so I think we and she said I think we've been in here twice. Lucky you. So cool. that was an interesting, just in terms of the room itself. You know, just physically, mm-hmm. it's just sort of an empty room. Yeah, you know, there what, but it felt different in there more it felt different than any other place in the entire yeah for me another place that felt like that is the archives which is uh above the office in the you know in the gift shop it's it's above there okay and that place to me is very creepy they have all of the old um uh intake files and pictures of the you know inmates and that kind of thing and and i've spent some time up there and and that's a very creepy place okay too. so yeah. i kind of know never, what you're talking about never been there. I, the, and the one place that was accessible that i just wasn't able to get into was uh, just because i ran out of time was uh the, the tunnel i guess what oh, they, yeah. i never mm-hmm. spent any time in there but a girl was in there and, and came back mm-hmm. and said um i have these scratches on my back all of a sudden yeah um that was interesting yeah yeah i think a lot of people have had you know report stuff from the, that tunnel and you know another really creepy place is um, is the, underneath the admin building at the I guess it would be the south south end I think um, there are remnants of that territorial prison and there are a couple of cells down there that w- they weren't supposed to use for our isolation. Oh wow! And there was one guy who was. Uh, and actually, it was on Halloween in the 1960s. I can't quite remember the date. Sometime in the 1960s, he was very unruly, and they put him down there. And he actually cooked to death because the pipes from the kitchen are run along there, and it was way too hot. And he had 
um, medical condition and um, and died. Wow. On Halloween. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's a very creepy story, you know, and that's a yeah. pretty creepy place down there. Well, and there are a lot of stories, I guess, like that. I mean, and it's a prison, yeah. I guess, so you yeah. would expect yeah. that there are some of mm-hmm. those stories. But uh-huh. um, this is a place that saw quite a lot of violence. Yeah, it did. And, you know, I think um, for me the most emotional place is that maximum security area because it was the women's prison mm-hmm. first. And um, actually, I have a documentary that I've been working on with a video company for about five years. It's almost done about one person who was an inmate there, um, one woman. Um, but I've spent a lot of time in that maximum security area. And uh, um, I've had a couple of, of weird things happen in there. Um, but to me, that's where the, the real emotion is. And I know that uh, very early on in about 2005, one of the very early investigations caught EVPs there, and they were saying, you know, is anyone here? Anyone want to talk with us? And there's a female voice that says, you can't see me. And they reverse the tape. Sometimes if you reverse the, the tape, you can hear something, and this same female voice says, I'm right behind you. Wow. And that is very creepy. Yeah. <laughs> You're giving me shivers, Ellen, and I spent the t- spent the whole night there. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about in, in in that building. There is, and it's interesting. It's one of those things that you can't. Um, it, it's hard to put into words it the is. the feeling. It is because I had that feeling in the library. But I know what you're talking yeah. about in the maximum security. If mm-hmm. folks watch the video, that was actually the place where I was sort of laying there, just sort of. Yeah, I don't can't believe you lay down on that bed. I know I it wasn't the it. cleanest looking <laughs> <No>. bed. <laughs> Um, there were some stains. I did run my black light on it first <laughs> oh, just to good see. For you. Um, but, but that was the place where I kind of lay down and I found myself just kind of reflecting on just the feeling of the place in general. Yeah. And there is a feeling in that place of, I think I said in the video of just empty. Yeah, you know, of one, of, one of the one of the times that I was in there at night, um, I walked into one of those back cells and I just was like overwhelmed with this horrible horrible stench i mean it smelled like it smelled like urine it smelled like somebody had died i mean it was really awful and i stepped out of the cell and i didn't smell it anymore and i called one of the other investigators over and she also smelled it and we kind of stood in there just sort of gagging and it just sort of dissipated but that was a very weird thing. Yeah. And so that's interesting because I had experienced a, a, a smell and that's not something that I had ever had before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we walked into it was the administration wing, um, really sort of where the riot, I guess, started was mm-hmm. was in that area um, and, and went into a sort of a central office area and immediately walking in. It smelled like it smelled like cheap beer is what it smelled like. <laughs> and it wasn't a. What is this smell? What is, it smells like something. It was, I mean, it hit you in the face. Isn't that weird? I wonder why it smelled like that. It, it was very interesting. And, and I talked with one of the other investigators that had been there earlier in the night, and she said uh, that uh, there was a smell that it was sort of starting when they were in there earlier in the evening. Um, and, and they thought it smelled more like a vodka almost. Something like the, they would make. Yeah, you know, I mean, the inmates would make stuff out yeah. of weird <laughs> ingredients, well, and, and so and, and it was enough that um, that she actually leaned across. She told me um, at the end of the night, I, I was talking with her about it. She leaned across and spoke with the guy that was sitting across from her, 
and said, hey, look, I know you're not causing any problems, but I need to know, have, were you drinking before you got here or have you been drinking? Because she thought it was it was strong oh, enough. She yeah. thought the smell was somebody. coming off of somebody. Yeah, yeah. And when he sort of talked to her and said, no, I don't, what, you know, what are you talking about? She said, oh, you could tell, you know, nothing was coming off his breath. Uh -huh. um, and then when we got there, you know, I, it, it smelled like beer. And then later in the night, I went back and there was nothing there at all. Hmm. And I had never experienced something like that, but apparently, I mean, it, it sounds like smells are something that Smells that are happen. definitely residual energy. I mean, I, I've experienced that in my own house. Sometimes we smell turkey cooking before we put our, our oh, bird wow. in the oven, you know, and, and things like that. People smell perfume and cigar smoke is a really common one. You know, so yeah. we had there was another very faint smell. It was actually in that building as well. I it didn't wind up in the video because um, I, there was so much stuff. But I was actually walking around with one of the investigators, and uh, it was just the two of us. And uh, she said, "Do you smell something?" And it was outside of that main office. It was in a hallway. Um, and I said, "Yeah." Does it smell like a lotion? And she said, "Yeah, it does." Oh. And it smelled like like a. Bath and Body Works type yeah, yeah. lotion. And it was very faint, but it was identifiable. And she said, what's interesting is this is the area where um, I think her name was Gladys uh, worked there. It was, a, it was a woman that worked at the prison oh, mm -hmm. um, that before the riot, apparently prisoners came and told oh, her, yeah. hey, this is going to happen. They liked her. Yeah, yeah. And they said, hey, this is going to happen. You right. need to leave. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was the one that identified that smell before she told me that. And apparently, I mean... That was really the only place in the in the whole area that a smell of lotion would have made sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, very strange. Yeah. Um, what did you come away from the prison? What's sort of your takeaway there? Because it's it's both interesting historically and mm -hmm. I mean there is, I mean I came away thinking there there's something paranormal going on there. I yeah. had too many weird things happen. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we were talking about residual energy and active spirits, and um, I think that the, the prison is a place of a lot of residual energy just because of so many people. Hospitals are like that, too, you know, hospitals and schools. There's just has been so much emotion in places like that and so much uh, energy expended um, that, you know, I think that it is overwhelming in that facility, in the prison. Um, but I think also that there are active spirits there. Why they want to hang around there, I don't know. But, right. you know, um, I think you do have to be pretty careful not to take something home with you mm -hmm. because I, I do know that people that that has happened to. So you do have to be really careful and, uh, and vigilant. But, um, but, yeah, I think there's a lot of anger in there. Um, and um, my takeaway, I guess, is just that, you know, that there is an overwhelming amount of energy and it can be very draining to somebody who goes to visit there. Even if you just take a tour during the daytime, sometimes mm -hmm. people are just come away from there drained. Yeah, um, I was tired, but I was up all night. But I, yeah. I did notice over the next couple of days, even after I got some, I just felt tired. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. I just kind of mm -hmm. had this... Blah. Yeah, I know what you mean, and you know, and I've spent I've spent a lot of time in there when there are not very many people, mm. um, and when we were filming this documentary, we were there for after hours for you know long periods of time inside in various buildings, and um, really in that situation, I didn't feel very it didn't feel very creepy. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. it's kind of weird, I guess it depends a little bit on your own mindset 
what you're expecting and what you're needing to get from it, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Alan Baumler on Coffee Break this morning. We've got about two minutes left with her. If you want to see the uh, the, the investigation over at the uh, old Montana State Prison, it's actually getting ready to publish on KCAP.com here in, uh, in it's worth just watching. a couple minutes. It's really good. Yeah, Alan, really Alan good gives Troy. it a thumbs up. Yeah, so. I give it a thumbs up. Um, what did you think about uh, in our last minute here the th- the end of the the video is me spending time in the the theater and i had some interaction with with a flashlight yeah, that yeah. really caught me off guard yeah that is really cool i've i've seen that happen before particularly i've seen it happen in butte in the dumas it, it happens frequently like that you know but it's really interesting when you can get a conversation you know going like that and, and i've 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 heard that happen also up in the cell block um with taps not with flashlights, mm-hmm. but, you know, but, but it's the same idea. And, and I think it is, you know, it's just an example of the energy that's there. And that, you know, would be an active type of spirit, you know, not, not residual energy, but so there's a lot of energy that uh, apparently they can manifest, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was super strange. and cool. I, It seemed, I mean, that I was, the light was going on and off after questions it wasn't in the middle of questions it wasn't random Mm -hmm. it i mean it sure seemed like answers to questions yeah um and then if you haven't watched the video but uh, right at the very end we actually recorded an evp that seemed to match up with the action of the flashlight which really surprised me Ellen. i had no idea that was on there until i that was a good one went back and reviewed and i thought we got something that you could hear and see both responding to the same question right and well the next time you go back you should spend time in that car museum i don't know if you went in there no but whoa that has a lot of energy and one of the evps probably the creepiest evp i've ever heard is from in there and it's a child just faintly singing ring around the rosy that's a way to send people out this morning, Ellen. Way to go. Ellen knows what she is doing. Ellen Baumler, uh, she's got uh, more than a dozen books out there. If you're curious about hauntings in Montana, go check her out. Or other just history of Montana. She's got fantastic books. Ellen, we're all out of time. Thank you so much for coming Thank in. you for having me, and happy Halloween. Thank you, everybody. That's all the time we have. We'll see you back here on Monday. Remember, The Ghost Show, KCAP.com. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.